0: You are listening to the reality steve podcast with your host reality steve he's covering everything about nick's upcoming season of the bachelor now the man with all your spoilers and behind the scenes juice in bachelor nation here's reality steve back
1: at it again how's it going everyone Welcome to the Reality Steve Podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve, and this is episode number 10. Coming up in just a minute, we will have the Possessionista, Dana Weiss, back on the podcast as sort of a mid-season review of Nick's season, since we're basically halfway there. We'll talk about all we've seen up to this point, talk about Monday's episode, along with having, I'm sure, an interesting back and forth on Corinne, because let's face it, It's Corinne's world, and we're all just visiting right now. She is everywhere. But uh, before we get going, one thing I want to ask of you listeners is this. I know last Tuesday I put up a survey in the column that a lot of you filled out. I appreciate it. It helped. But what I need to do now is survey you podcast listeners because my website audience is different than my podcast audience. So if you could please take the time to go to www.surveymonkey.com backslash r backslash survey and fill out today's survey. It would really help engaging the sort of things you guys are interested in. Some questions are exactly the same as the other survey, but there are some different ones in there along with a different variation of some of the questions. So if you could please go, it's www.surveymonkey.com and then just backslash r backslash rspodcastsurvey. Or if you can't remember that, which probably a lot of you won't, just go to today's column and you will see the link right under the player for today's podcast. Click on that, fill out the questions, and we are good to go. Again, something that shouldn't take you more than a minute or two. I'd really appreciate it if you could do that for me. Okay, let's get to her. You know her. We've had her on the podcast before. You know her. You love her. She probably knows what you're wearing right now and where you bought it. And she is the possessionista, Dana Weiss. Dana, how are you doing?
0: I'm great. Thanks for having me back on the show.
1: Yes, quite the first go-round for you. We uh, got a lot of response to that, and there were some things that happened afterwards. You know, you got on Periscope, and things got a little crazy, then you deleted it. But regardless, that's all in the past. We're not going to talk about that. But there's a lot to talk about, because we're basically halfway through the season now. We're on episode 5. There's 11 episodes, but one of them, feels, one feels of them is like a woman to It feels like episode
0: 500. Yeah. It feels
1: like episode 500. Is this the long season? Oh, gosh. Um, I think it it seems longer because it's been the Corinne show for five episodes. And I you know every season, we've got a girl like a Corinne. Obviously, there's different levels of villainous, whatever you want to call it. But now, in, in seeing Corinne and everything that she's done this season, it certainly has taken it to a level that... I don't think we've seen. I mean, you compare the villains in the past: the Michelle Moneys, the Olivias, the Kelsey Poes, the Viennas. I still don't think they have reached the level that Corinne has this season. And we'll get to her in a second. But short answer: yes or no? Do you do you think that?
0: I think we've never seen a contestant able to make the show more central on her than anybody else. You could watch this entire episode and never see Nick once and be entertained for two hours. She has managed to do what no contestant has ever done, which is take the focus off the main contestant. It is no longer about Nick finding love. It is about Corinne.
1: It is. And it's been five episodes of it and it's been nonstop because villains in the past, They'll have an episode here and an episode there where they'll have their beef or whatever. But it still goes back to, okay, who's a, who's Nick on a date with this week? Who's he connecting with this week? Oh, he gave her a rose and stuff like that. Yeah, with Corinne, it is three or four segments every single episode about basically her and Taylor and, you know, getting into that.
0: I would argue. Yeah. Well, I would argue that this entire episode was just filler to get to that, to get to the two on one confrontation. You, you could miss the entire first hour and a half and you would have still known what, what happened in that episode.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I, I think it's been overkill and uh, Corinne has got a few more episodes left. So it's something that we're just going to have to deal with. And, I've heard a lot of complaints. I've had tweets at me. I've had emails at me about, like, this is just different because I'm bored by it. We're not getting any sort of Nick interaction with the other girls. Yeah, we've seen his other dates, of course. I'm not skipping dates just to show Corinne, but it just seems like it's certainly taking a backseat to the Corinne show.
0: Right. There are these women that you see Nick having a connection with, with Vanessa, with Raven, with Rachel, with Danielle L., with Danielle M. I don't really see those relationships progressing as much as I see Corinne's relationship progressing with all the other contestants. And that's what's really different about this season is we have stopped even pretending this is about finding love. And by we, I mean the production.
1: Yeah. Uh, without a doubt. I mean, I've never thought it, it's it been about love. It's about, uh, you know, it's a television show they cast for a television show. Right, but the
0: pretense the, yeah, pretense, the pretense is that this is about somebody finding love. Yeah. And at this point, they're like, forget it. He's probably never going to find love. Let's focus on the hot blonde <laughs> with the big mouth. <laughs>
1: Okay, let's uh, before we get into our, our Corinne stuff, and let, let's just start at the beginning of this episode. It Actually, the beginning of the episode was the end of the Wisconsin episode, which was the, the Corinne-Taylor feud that uh, was a to-be-continued. But let's get to the first one-on-one date this past episode, which was his date with Rachel. Rachel. She, she got the first impression, Rose, then basically disappeared for three episodes, and now she finally gets her one-on-one date. What are your thoughts on the date in general and Rachel in general?
0: I think there's a really natural connection between them. Like, I do think there's chemistry between them. I think he's really cute and likable. And when I watched his date with Rachel, that's the Nick that I personally know. He was endearing and he was kind of awkward. And I've been to meals with him and he really does eat like that. I think that he let his guard down a little on that date. And I think that when people talk about how they like Nick... That's the guy that they're talking about, not the guy who. Again, we'll talk about Corinne in a minute.
1: When you say you went to eat with, how does he eat? Did I did I miss something this past episode? What did he? You eat? know, like
0: when he ate the beignets and it's kind of all over his face and he's like shoveling oh. it in. You okay. know, he's just like kind of a. You know, he's just like kind of a guy. He's a good guy. You know, I'm never gonna talk shit. About... Oh, I'm not allowed to swear on your. Oh, you can. Oh, Oh, you can. Anyway, yeah, you can. But back to Rachel. I mean, I really do feel like we're being given the Rachel, uh, the bachelorette edit with Rachel. She is so endearing. You know, she's just so endearing. And I think, I don't know, I think they've been talking about having a bachelor or a bachelorette of color for a long time. And they would be crazy not to use her unless she wins because this woman has it all. She's smart and successful and beautiful and funny. And she's really the whole package. And you can take color out of the entire equation. Mm-hmm. She'd make a kick-ass bachelorette anyway.
1: I agree on some of those points. And when I posted the spoilers back in November, um, there was a contingent. Every time I post the spoiler of the winner, there's always a paragraph or two that I dedicate. Okay, so who are we talking about for next bachelorette and the things that we know about the bachelorette, the 12 previous bachelorettes that we've had is they've always finished in the top four of the season they finished on and they've always been white and they, they, so in that aspect, she's got one going for her and one going against her. So what I said back then was this is also though, our first black contestant that ever made the final four. We've never really had a viable contestant. I mean, you can talk about the Markels all you want and Marshauna back on Matt Grant season, but they still were not viable possibilities to be the next lead. We finally have our first girl that makes the final four. That is black. And they obviously, she is a strong, strong contender for all the reasons that you listed. So now let's talk about Rachel. As the bachelorette within these 12 bachelorettes, if they do decide to go with Rachel, they'd obviously be breaking the white bachelorette lead that they've had for 12 times, but they've also would be casting their oldest bachelorette and not saying that 31 years old is old, but it would be the oldest bachelorette that they've ever cast. They always go for the 24 to 26 year olds. So do you think that could possibly play a role in her not getting it?
0: I, I mean, it's hard for me, you know, as a modern feminist, to <laughs> say that age would play a role at all, especially coming off the heels of a 36-year-old bachelor. Yeah. You know, for me to turn around and then say, well, no, they're going to cast a 24-year-old white girl, this would be so counterintuitive. I mean... It just seems to me like this is the direction the show is going. They're trying to be a little edgy. They're going in a different direction. Casting 24-year-olds doesn't usually lead to marriage. 24-year-olds, I'm sorry to the, your listeners who are 24, do not have the emotional intelligence, if you will, to be ready for <laughs> marriage. But I think you have this 31-year-old educated, successful woman. hmm who's got it literally has got it all except for love. I can't think of a better candidate to kind of prove that your project works, to prove that your show works.
1: Yeah. The resume is there.
0: I don't think the age, I don't think the age plays into it.
1: No, I, I don't, Really think so? I'm just going off the previous twelve, and she would be the oldest. So, it, not that it means much. Wait, but let it me is. ask
0: you one other question. Yeah. Let me just dig into the reality seats archive. Yeah, because Juan Pablo wasn't in the final four, right?
1: No, I was talking about Bachelorettes. The twelve Bachelorettes they've had was top four, all all been but top four. But I'm just four. saying
0: if they could, if they could dig into the Bachelor and go for somebody who wasn't final four. Yeah, there's no, there's no saying for sure that they can't also do that with The Bachelorette, especially if public opinion demands it. I believe till the day I die, which is going to be very soon because I'm 40 and over the hill. (laughs) Um, We'll talk about that comment in a minute. I believe that Kayla was The Bachelorette and there was such pushback that they switched to JoJo.
1: I think you can make a strong case for that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we saw photos of Kayla shooting her intro video, so she was right. certainly on so their what I'm radar
0: saying right, so what I'm saying is if you want to see Rachel be the Bachelorette, blow up Mike Fleiss's Twitter
1: <laughs> yeah, I
0: action people
1: there there's there's certainly a, a case to be made, a strong case to be made for Rachel because she is you know top four this season and They've never had a viable black candidate and they finally have one. It's almost like if they don't cast Rachel, it's like if they don't do it now, they're never going to cast a black person as the lead because here's your girl. Here's the one that fills out all the boxes. Now, with that said, there is one thing (laughs) that has me a little bit, mm, shall we say, a little bit nervous in that this, she is a career oriented woman. She is successful, attractive woman. However, in her line of work, and I know Andy was a lawyer as well, and Rachel being a lawyer, it's not that. But to be in the position of the lead on the show, especially as a female, the males have to do it too, but you don't really have a problem to to get it out of the males. My issue is, do you think because of her profession and the way she has to carry herself, And she doesn't give off the impression right now that she would be someone like Andy who would dump her profession so she could go write books and date in the New York City life and do that. It seems like Rachel would go back to her legal career if she's the bachelorette once it's over, that the fact that she is in that position and then she is a professional woman would cause her to maybe be a little more buttoned up not as loose, and I'm not saying loose in a physical term. I'm just talking about...
0: No, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm Would saying, right? be too protective of her public, of her public image
1: yes. to be able and to I,
0: give herself over to the process?
1: And I say that I, and I say that by... Yeah. Let, I, I, let me get this one last thing in. And I say that being we kind of know that if you are the female lead on this show, you have to be willing to loosen up and... You know, make out with your fair share of guys, and kind of like you said, give into the process. And is is her profession going to possibly get in the way? I never thought that going in with Andy, and she proved it to be right. She had no problem making out with every single guy, and was very open about it. I, Rachel doesn't strike me as an Andy, and she seems to be a little more. And maybe we don't know that enough about her yet. But do you think that could play a role in her not getting it?
0: Um, I think it would play less of a role in her not getting it and more in a role of her not taking it. Okay. Because I think what I like so much about Rachel is that she doesn't put it all out there, that she is restrained and she carries herself with a lot of self-confidence and class, and I think she has a lot of self-worth. She's somebody who appears to sort of value herself. And so if she were to go on this show and maybe not make out with every single guy. I don't think it would be because of her career. I think it would be because of who she is as a woman. I actually think that she would, as a successful career woman, probably say, if I do this, I can't go back to my career and weigh that as the decision and maybe ultimately decide, no, I don't want to go on The Bachelorette because I value my career. And she's a father who is a federal judge. I mean, that's not a joke
1: and and that's another that's another thing that I was going to bring up is the fact that I'm sure her father will have a say in whether or not he I mean she, he, she obviously got the go ahead to be on the bachelor the bachelorette and being the lead and having the sole focus be on you and definitely having to take a leave of absence for months on work that's a different that's a different animal than what she did on Nick season so You know, is that going to play a role? It's almost like we don't know enough at this
0: point. No, it's very easy to sort of disappear in a crowd of 30 women also, Mm -hmm. you know, to kind of pull back. And after going through the process, she may say, okay, I can't hide the second time around. I think that will probably all go into her decision making. But to your point, I don't think we know that much about her. Yeah, And I think that's really true about pretty much all the women Except for Corinne. I mean, I think you'd be really hard pressed to tell me anything. Well, not you personally, because I know you get all the scoop, but I'd be really hard pressed to tell you anything other than the women, what their job is, where they're from. And that's about it. And that's what I'm getting from their Chiron. I just haven't really gotten a chance to, you know, quote unquote, know these women mm-hmm. because we've been so distracted by the one storyline.
1: Yeah, and I think that when it comes down to Rachel, the bottom line is we're about a month away from them really figuring out what they're where, the direction they're going to go for Bachelorette, and I guess we just don't know. We don't know if Rachel even wants to do it. We really don't. And right, something tells me if Rachel decides to turn this down and doesn't do it, and like they want her to do it and she says no, it will be career. It'll be a career-based choice, so I'm I'm sure, and that's the reason why. I don't think it. Ha- I don't know if it would have anything to do with well, the guys, and I don't know if I can find love on this show because they'll convince her that she can. So my guess is that if she di- does decide to turn this down, and it because it's offered to her, that it will be because she just doesn't want this to define her, and she'd much rather right just continue with her legal career. So uh, let's get so on. Let to- me tell you. She'll
0: be fine either way. Yeah,
1: exactly. Let's move on to the group date, Uh, The Haunted House. To steal a phrase from the kids today, I I literally can't even. It was just so dumb. So dumb to me. It
0: was just so overproduced, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah. I think that, first of all let's call a spade a spade. That wasn't a haunted house. It was a former plantation. It was a plantation. So to bring these women in and put a bunch of like practical jokes into an old plantation without kind of talking about the storied history, I think was really like sort of a disrespect to, you know, the history of what really went down there. I mean, that was a house that once owned slaves. So putting like little rocking chairs and, I don't know. Dolls. The whole date, the whole date sat really wrong with me from beginning to end.
1: Well, because we knew the whole story was made up. It was we we've known in the past that they will create scenarios that aren't even there. And this whole story about May and an 8-year-old child and all that, it was all made up. The whole thing was made up to exactly. fit, to fit the date. So everything that happened after that, I did not care. And then you can you know, I've never used a Ouija board. I talked about this in my column this week, but you you can't ever convince me that a Ouija board is anything remotely real. It's just stupid. Okay. I just...
0: Well, I played with one in okay. sixth grade and it scared the bejesus out of me okay. and I would never touch it again. But
1: I don't get it. You need to explain this to me.
0: Wouldn't that wouldn't that date have been the same if they had gone into a haunted mansion? And had a Ouija board and had the lights out and had to spend the night and didn't have like, you know, creepy dolls and mechanical rocking chairs and the butler from Southern Charm. Like, why does it have to be so campy? If they really wanted it to be scary, why didn't they just give in to, you know, the experience of talking to the spirits in the history of the house? I just think it's sort of disrespected the history of New Orleans, of all the things that they could have done in this, like, incredible city. I just think it was really like a, I don't know, just uh, the whole date bothered me, and I just couldn't get over that it was on a plantation. I just couldn't.
1: The one thing that you said there that I want to know about, that butler was on the show Southern Charm?
0: No, no, no. I'm just okay. joking because he's just like a Southern butler. But I'm like oh. that guy could have easily <laughs> been on like a Bravo show. You
1: yeah. Know? Well, that was the, the first thing
0: with the with the mint
1: juleps. The second that I the second that he came on the screen, my live tweet was, "What New Orleans acting troupe did they bring in this guy from?" Because I know that right. he is not a butler at that place, and he's probably just a local actor that they said, "Hey, can you do this?" Because
0: well, uh, and if you look, I looked up the Humm's house. I looked it up. And they have like, a hotel and a restaurant. I mean, I don't know why a business, you know, like, a. I mean, again, it's a plantation, you guys. That's so wrong. Yeah. It is so wrong to, whatever. I know I'm, like, beating a dead horse. But, like, that that was a made-up date. Like, they might as well have just gone to the Haunted Mansion at Disney, which we know ABC owns, too. Yeah. So.
1: No, yeah. The whole thing was, was stupid. It was made up. It was just a way to... Toy with the audience, toy with the girls, but it was, yeah, it was dumb. The whole thing was just dumb from beginning to end. We could see it was bad acting. It was bad props. It just was stupid and really served no purpose other than just to be the appetizer for the Corinne Taylor main course that was to come. So yeah, and they
0: didn't even pull that. They didn't even pull the sheet off that thing. I'll never know what was under that sheet. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. no, I, I will never know. I totally we'll agree with you, but okay, we'll real quick know. on the Ouija board, explain this to me because yeah. I've never used it. So the whole point of a Ouija board is you you pull out this board, you put your hands on this dial, you ask it a question, and something magically moves your hands to the answer. I know, Yeah. Okay, and my that's guess not real. Is it's
0: probably the other people. My guess is it's the other people, like you that have know, their hands Nick on it. <laughs> it every time. Yeah, Nick was pushing it to pull out. Why did you make love to me? Yeah. <laughs> you weren't in love with me. Yeah. No. So, um. Yeah, so
1: that's what it. But that's not that's not spirits moving anything. So what were you? Okay, so I guess if you're twelve and you don't really get okay, but yeah, these are grown women. We obviously know that spirits aren't moving your hands on a board. It's just that's why all that stuff. It was just so dumb. But let's 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 just move on to Corinne and the Taylor thing. Um, where, Where did you come out on their argument back at the beginning of the episode where? They were still in Wisconsin and Taylor comes to her and tells her she's emotionally was it, emotionally unintelligent or you're lacking she emotional she intelligence. She doesn't have
0: emotion. She has no emotional intelligence. No emotional intelligence. And okay. by the way, Google it because I don't even think emotional intelligence means what Taylor thinks it means. Like I think Taylor's just like trying to say like she's emotionally not ready for a relationship. Like she's Mm -hmm. not smart enough to like carry herself in a relationship. Like either she's too self-centered or she's too immature. She wasn't calling her stupid, but she was just basically saying like, in a relationship. You're not grown up. You're not grown up enough. And it's, I do think it's kind of funny when you consider that Taylor's actually younger than Corinne, (laughs) it would be like my nine year old telling my 12 year old to grow up.
1: And when I'm, Looking at this, you know, we got to remember that Corinne made it a point at that after party to specifically say she wanted people to say things to her face. So that's exactly Mm -hmm. what Taylor did. And when you're probably drinking, probably a little tipsy, and someone comes to you and essentially confronts you, you're just... Taylor was never going to win that argument no matter what she did. She was in a lose-lose situation because she was dealing with somebody that even though she had just said, say it to my face, and Taylor decides, okay, I'm going to say it to her face, even though Corinne was the one that got Taylor and brought her outside, she still said it to her face, and Corinne didn't like it and took it down from there. I just didn't think it was so a win-win from Taylor theory. at all. She was going to lose that Here's whole my thing.
0: theory. I think Taylor was the fall guy from the beginning. Taylor was just a prop in the Corinne show. And she just happened to get to be the easiest tool to kind of manipulate. Mm -hmm. Because if you're watching, I haven't actually seen any other contestants really have a problem with Corinne. You know, she's jumping on the bed and they're getting a lot and they're, you know, talking, and when they're sitting on the couch, they're playing with Corinne's hair. It's not really a lot of conflict with Corinne and anybody else. I think, yeah, they were annoyed she slept through rose ceremonies and stuff, but in terms of, like, a real, you know, Kelsey Poe, Ashley Iaconetti moment, like, nobody else really was engaging with Corinne that way. And Taylor kind of, like, waved a red flag in front of a bull. Mm -hmm. She put like the target, she put the target on herself and Corinne said, there's my storyline.
1: I'm absolutely on board with that, that the producers could see that Taylor really was bothered by Corinne and Taylor was bothered by Corinne because she studies behavior and she's mental health counselor. So, yeah, I I get that she that she was a prop in all that and she just was never going to win. It was
0: never going to. Okay, but ultimately, no. It was never going to. But ultimately, the problem with Taylor is she was too worried about herself. Because if you come down to what Taylor and Corinne's issue was, Taylor wasn't bothered by how Corinne treated Nick. She wasn't even really bothered by how Taylor's behavior affected the other girls' relationships with Nick. Because if Corinne was sleeping through rose ceremonies, that was less time Corinne had with Nick and more time they had with Nick. Taylor was bothered by the fact that Corinne didn't give Taylor respect. You know, she took Taylor's eye off the ball. Taylor was more worried about the respect that she thought Corinne owed her. And she got stuck on that. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: She, she got, and I think that Corinne played a really dirty and really brilliant game. She managed to turn that conversation. She brought Taylor over. She said, Say it to my face. Taylor said, you know, I don't think you have emotional intelligence. And Corinne was like a mean girl. She, like, turned in. She's like, well, nobody likes you. And you could literally see it in Taylor's face, that, like, seed of doubt. Corinne had planted that seed of doubt. And from there on, Taylor had nothing to do except defend herself. Corinne was off the hook.
1: But my All issue. that
0: conversation was with Taylor defending herself.
1: No, I, I, I saw that. and I think my biggest issue with Corinne and whether or not she wanted to play mind games with Taylor and she certainly did and she certainly succeeded is you know, the Mean girl comment that you made. and we you know, we've seen it all the time. and when you put women in this situation, we've seen it time after time in 21 seasons of The Bachelor. There are always going to be girls that don't get along in the house. We get it. We know it's going to happen. Every year there's going to be a confrontation, probably multiple confrontations, between two women who just don't get along, whether it's their morals don't add up or whatever the case may be, they just don't get along. And obviously, Corinne and, and Taylor did not get along for numerous reasons. My issue with Corinne on Monday night was this, and it didn't happen really in the first four episodes, but it was... More prevalent, um, I'm probably going to do some research on this, not research, but I'm going to go back and rewatch the episode this weekend because I promised myself I would because I want to back up what I'm saying. I was appalled and disgusted by the amount of times that Corinne felt the need to call Taylor a dumb bitch. Like, that's totally uncalled for. Tell Taylor that she's using her degrees way too much. Tell Taylor that... You know, she doesn't like the way she dresses, but you don't have to continually call somebody a dumb bitch on national television. And I honestly, I think it was 10 to 15 times. And it's something we've never seen ever on this show. And I think the thing that really bothered me, the word doesn't bother me because I know that girls are going to say, oh, my God, she's acting like a bitch or what a bitch on this show. I get that. It's not the word It's the amount of times that she constantly Mm -hmm. said it. Producers allowed it to. Producers knew it was going to be a big thing. It was allowed to happen. And I think the other problem that I had was Bachelor Nation on Monday night essentially turning into Team Corinne and turning on Taylor. And these Bachelor Nation people, these former contestants, who can't take criticism from anywhere, they hate online bullying, are the first people to tell you that when you say nasty things to them online, we're real people with real feelings, and then I see them on Monday night telling how funny Corinne is? Sorry. You lose all credibility the second that you get up on your pulpit and tell everybody that don't bully us, and then you turn Team Corinne on Monday night. I I just It it was disgusting to me. And I'm not going to name people by names. You know who they are. Just go on social media for Monday night. And I think it's embarrassing that a lot of people turned on Taylor Monday night. And I'm not going to – I'm not a Taylor apologist. I, She certainly did some things wrong. She does come across possibly as condescending when she spoke to her. I think it was a terrible reason, uh, a terrible way to go back on the show. You know, Once she was eliminated on the two-on-one, that's a horrible decision. Obviously, she was talked into it by producers, but she still made that decision to do it. And she's probably going to come across – looking even worse uh, when Monday night resumes. However, my issue was the amount of times that Corinne used the word bitch and the amount of people in Bachelor Nation, these people that cannot take criticism and hate it and tell people we are people too with feelings and are now promoting Corinne. It's just it's awful to me. There's my soapbox. I hear your
0: your point. No, I I hear your point. I think you make a lot of really great points, especially about kind of the hypocrisy of on one hand saying, don't bully us, but then turning around and sort of promoting the bully. And I do think Corinne is a bully. I think Corinne is a really smart girl who's listening to a producer in her ear. I Mm -hmm. think every time we hear her say, Make Corinne great again, or she talks about her nanny, or any of these sort of sound bites that are almost too good to be true. Somebody is feeding her this information. And I think the reason I like watching Corinne is because I feel like she's in on the joke. Corinne knows exactly what she's doing. I think it's why Corinne is going to stick around for as long as she is, because I don't think there's really a lot of chemistry between her and Nick.
1: Oh, straight physical. It's obvious. But I think...
0: Yeah, I don't even know so much if it's physical anymore, to be honest. As I've watched week after week, I've really seen it kind of diminish. We saw the way he reacted to her in the pool and with the whipped cream. I mean, there's never been a moment where I thought, oh, man, Nick looks like he just wants to, like, tear off her clothes. And I could be wrong, but I see him much more attracted to Rachel and Vanessa and Danielle L. Mm -hmm. than Corinne. And here's the part where... You have to start to wonder how many people on this show know what makes good TV. I think Corinne is in on the joke. You know, and in some ways she's playing the Patsy. I think she's
1: I think she's she's in on it to a certain extent. I think she's aware that every time she says something, you know, silly or funny that she knows it's going to get her camera time and someone like Whitney, who's been on the show for five episodes and has probably said five words, is just an afterthought this season because of people like Corinne. I get that she knows what she's doing. I just don't like the way she's going about doing it because she didn't need to say bitch 15 times on Monday. It didn't need to be done. And she said it, they allowed it, just like, you know, the the, No, I know what you're saying,
0: but can I ask you a question? Yeah. When you have internet trolls, Mm-hmm. say something like really mean to you like what is the meanest thing like an internet troll says to you
1: um gosh i don't usually get called names it's more about what i write and my spoilers it has not, i don't okay. get so, like, called like woman, names usually
0: like as a woman no internet troll is going to come on and be like your writing is really mediocre like to me they'll be like you're a fat old bitch like That's sort of what I think of Corinne. And she just goes for the lowest hanging fruit. She's not putting a lot of thought into what she's saying. She's just going for what is like, what's going to go for the jugular? And I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of Corinne's MO and everything is I'm going to go for the jugular every single time. Every single time I'm going to lock this down. And there's really no way. To, like, shut a woman down faster than to be like, you're a dumb bitch. And I think that's why she keeps saying it. I think that she is going in thinking, I'm going to be this season's Chad. I'm going to have 15 minutes of notoriety. I'm going to be on Bachelor in Paradise. And I'm going to go back and work in my parents' house on my family business.
1: Yeah, I think that there's, uh, there's definitely something to that. And she certainly... She knew what she was doing when she said all those words. Now, when I, I I have to go back and watch, I don't think any of those dumb bitch comments or bitch comments were ever done to Taylor's face. It seems like they were all done in ITMs, which makes me know that she was in yes, on it even course. more. Was because she was just like feeding what the producers were doing. But again,
0: although co- she did say to Taylor, "All the girls think you're a bitch,"
1: I thought it was just all the girls don't like you. It very well could have been. I mean, there's so much talk. I think
0: she said it, but but I do. I agree with you, and I especially think it's very hard to call somebody a name to their face. Yeah, you know, it's a very cowardly thing to do behind their backs.
1: And that's all. And that's basically all it was. Like, you know, I got the rose, bitch. Like it just. It was so. It was so, Corinne. It was so immature. And so snobby, bratty, self absorbed, privileged brat is what she is a spoiled, privileged brat. And, you know, if people think that's funny, I mean, I guess, you know, hey, teach their own. I just, I didn't, I don't find her funny in the least bit. Um, I think she took the mean girl status to a level that we haven't seen. And the people. In this franchise, like if fans want to say, "Oh, I think she's funny," that's that's different. I think when, but when the people in the franchise who hate getting negative responses towards them promote someone like Corinne, I think that's where it gets a very hypocritical, and they lose. At least with me, they lose all credibility. And I
0: think it really depends. I would I would argue with you that Ashley Iaconetti has some really mean girl moments.
1: Oh, when she was on you the know, show,
0: questioning yeah questioning when Kelsey Poe if her even had if her fiance had either died or if she had killed you know yeah. i do think that we have had other mean girl moments i think That what's different about Corinne is it has been such a one-sided, one-dimensional character. That is all we've seen of her. With Ashley, we saw she was vulnerable and insecure and a little mean and kind of funny and emotional and self-aware. And so all of these pieces together made her more than just a mean girl. Corinne only has one speed, You know, she's the room service ordering nanny having mean girl, the oversexed mean girl who, you know, is bouncing in a princess castle. And I think that's why you're reacting so, you know, not aggressively, it's not an aggressive, but I think that's why you dislike her so much. Is not just because she's mean, but because she's mean and nothing else.
1: Well, yeah, I wouldn't even put her in the same category with Ashley. I don't think Ashley, I even right
0: because she's so one-dimensional. Up with her. Because- yeah, it's just it's just
1: but so I immature. I, I, you know, it could be the age thing. It could be just I'm a 41 year old guy, and I don't have time for 25 year old blonde, privileged, spoiled brats. I just would never have any interest in ever talking to this woman getting to know her i don't even care what her storyline is the rest of the season she's never going to apologize the women tell all is all going to be about her um she's going to get up on that hot seat and every girl will come after her especially taylor like you you just know what's going to happen and i think i think i get to a point sometimes especially with a character like that i've just never gotten to a point with anyone from the show because i don't care about it enough and to where I because my job is to make fun of it and not take it seriously. And Corinne has brought out this side of, you know, just shut up. And like I said, <laughs> t- tell Taylor that, you know, you use your degree, you know, stop flaunting your degrees. Because Taylor does talk about her degrees a lot. Um tell her to stop wearing what she's wearing. It just But when you just go to I mean, that I when mean, you I'm go to that low hanging wearing... fruit nonstop, it's just like you 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 prove how immature. You are.
0: I mean, I'm more worried about Taylor and her future. Like, how does this woman ever go back and have a career in mental health? I don't. What, not because she is not qualified, but because as a patient, and, and again, I don't know exactly what she does. But my guess is if she is a therapist, people are going to question her, her credibility.
1: Why? Because she went on the show or because she couldn't? Deal with Corinne or what?
0: Because I just think the whole way that she was portrayed as this kind of psychoanalyzing—that's psychoanalyzing, not psycho. Yeah, so, yeah. She
1: she definitely you know, was that she psychoanalyzing. She
0: was going around psychoanalyzing everybody. She was condescending. She got in a girl fight, you know. With I, I just think that I, I would be worried about her future career aspirations.
1: I mean, she's got those degrees from Johns Hopkins. I can't imagine she's just going to quit it now after this. I'm just
0: telling you, as somebody who's been in a lot of therapy, she is not the person (laughs) that I would go to in crisis.
1: Yeah, I think that that what's interesting is obviously we haven't heard from Taylor. I mean, I haven't been on her social media, so I don't know what she has said publicly about this. But I'm telling you, Taylor's a, what, 23, 24-year-old girl that if I'm her, and I'm I'm speaking as me trying to be her, putting myself in a 23 year old girl's shoes who went through this experience, and just saw that play out on TV. If I'm Taylor on Monday night, I'm probably crying in a ball because I think me that too. I think that she is. I'd be surprised if Taylor wasn't severely, severely affected by what she saw on Monday night because not and not just because of what Corinne was saying on TV, but the national reaction to her and now what people well, think of her. That's, that's what I'm
0: saying. That's why I'm saying. I worry about her career because what do people at home think of her? And also, honestly, to relive it, like sort of the injustice of Corinne getting the rose. I mean, Corinne flat out lied. There were a lot of things that Taylor could have done differently, but she never called Corinne stupid and Corinne kind of like stuck by this story.
1: Yeah.
0: No, you know, it was, it was, was a point, mind.
1: It was a mind F, you know?
0: Well, and Nick said to her at one point, or she said, you know, he called me, she called me stupid. And Nick said, how does that make you feel? And she said, I felt bullied. I mean, this is the same woman who said the week before, I'm not here to make friends and you just got to do you like it wasn't bullied. I mean, and that's sort of why I think that Corinne is playing into this character and 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 doing what she needs to do for her storyline.
1: Yeah, it's almost like the only thing that I could hear Corinne say in an interview that would make me go, okay, great. It's exactly what I wanted to hear. Is her just to come out, whether it's at the Women Tell All or post-show, and we all know she's going to be on Paradise, um, is for Corinne to say, you know what? I went on that show because I wanted to increase my Instagram followers. I did exactly what I set out to do. I had no interest in ever falling in love on this show. I wanted to be that character. I wanted to be that villain that people talked about. But she'll never admit that. But I know that's what she did. And yeah, when you say she played into the character, that's exactly what she did. But when you say you like when people own up to it, I'd like her to own up to that. She never will. But that's the only answer that I could get in my eyes that I could be like, okay, I'm fine with Corinne now. But she'll never admit that because then she's admitting basically that she was a phony on TV. And I don't think it's coming. I don't think she's going to apologize to Taylor at the Women Tell All. And I think she should. But she won't. And if she did, I don't even know if I'd believe it, because I would almost feel like she's doing it because she feels like she has to, not because she actually believes that she did anything wrong. I don't think Corinne believes that she's doing anything wrong. She's playing a silly, blonde, dumb character. Yeah.
0: I think you're right. I do not think she thinks that she did anything wrong. Yeah, and that's what sucks. I think she believes her own narrative, and I believe that she's getting caught up in it. I think that she is getting, she got caught up in it. She knew she was going to play this sort of like aggressive. I'm not here for the right, wrong. I'm not here to make friends, you know, whatever that character or that stereotype is. And I think she got caught up in it. And I think the more they pushed her, the more aggressive she got. And also, I think she's drunk all the time. I mean, I Mm -hmm. really think she is consuming a lot of alcohol. Like, you know, they're always showing her with champagne and she slurs and slurs. And so I think that that also makes you really susceptible to bad decisions and kind of letting your worst self out.
1: I think there's all of that. And I, you know, the producers play obviously a huge role in this show. We know this. And the fact that they are and they did, I shouldn't say are because the show was Film from September to November, but they did bend over backwards for Corinne. Like, she was obviously allowed to do things that just don't, that aren't allowed on this show. She slept through cocktail parties. They don't allow you to do yes, but, that. She has to be allowed to but, do that.
0: But did they bend over backwards or for Corinne, or did they bend over backwards for the drama, for the reaction? Because they well, both. knew how angry the other. I, I would disagree. I think that they did it because they knew how angry it would make the other people. Oh, no,
1: exactly. I don't They think... certainly did it because they knew it would piss the other girls off. But to do that, they had did to allow read... Corinne to do it.
0: <laughs> did you read that article about Charlene or Charlene's article where she wrote about that, about how there's just like a certain level of respect. And when when she slept through the those um, cocktail parties and all the other girls had to stay awake for hours and hours. How was just like such a yeah. disrespect to those other women. I mean, Charlene's columns are always so
1: very well thought out. Yeah. They're she great.
0: Has so well thought out. And so like the, she has that behind the scenes knowledge that you just can't really get anywhere else. And I think that that is really what Corinne kind of played into. Cause except for the Taylor stuff, I haven't really seen her be rude or mean, I should say. I haven't seen her be mean to other people. It's just a total lack of respect for anybody else.
1: But they allowed it. They didn't she was given a bounce house. Nobody else got to use the it. bounce house. She was given a they whipped cream bottle.
0: It. Of course, but but I don't know how the show works. If you ask for props, other people get props.
1: Oh, yeah, no, other people no, do sir. get props. So, but...
0: so I just wondered if Vanessa had said, hey, guys, can I get a bounce house? Maybe they would have given it to her, but it's not in. It's not who Vanessa is. It's not who Rachel it is. No. It's not who Alexis is. I mean, they let Alexis wear a, a shark suit and jump in the pool. So it's not like they're not going to let you rock the boat. I think they just knew they had a good thing, and she played right into their hands. And that's not to suggest that anyone should feel sorry for Corinne.
1: Oh, no, of course not. I just not.
0: think that she was a very malleable contestant.
1: Yeah, she was a producer puppet, essentially. Like, she, whatever she did or they suggested was, all. yeah, it was all part of a storyline. And this was all part of, gosh, can you imagine if we let her sleep through the cocktail party? Because they have to allow that to happen. I'm sure plenty of women yes, in the past have wanted to sleep say. through it. But they allowed it. They
0: would it. say, "Can you imagine? We've never done that before. Let's let her sleep through and see what happens."
1: Yeah. Well, they knew what was going to happen. They don't need I mean, to see. They would knew what was
0: going to happen. No, if, but if they but, did but it. when but what? How are viewers going to react? I mean, I remember being like, "Oh my God! No one's ever slept through a, a cocktail cere- a rose ceremony before. I can't believe that." People always complain how tired they are, and this is the first girl to have the balls to sleep through it. I thought it was kind of brilliant, and it's only you know upon thinking about it that I'm like. That was totally a production
1: move. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt, it was a production move. And, you know, but it all comes back to the same thing. I mean, we talk about it this season, but we can talk about it on any given season. It's all about producing a show that people are going to talk about on Tuesday mornings. And this season has been no different. They're just talking about one topic, not about Nick's connection with a Rachel or a Vanessa or a Raven. They're just... They're not talking about stuff like that. Corinne is the focal point of the show. She has been since episode one, from the very first episode, where she interrupted conversations. She made out with Nick, even though she didn't get the first impression. Rose, it's like we've we see this thing every season, um, but with Corinne, it's just been taken to a different, uh, taken to a different level. There's villains every season. We know this. Uh, we get this every season. It's just. Corinne is just a different type of villain, and I think there's a part of me that just has a villain. No more patience yeah, for Yeah, no it. more patience for her. <laughs> I mean, I can deal with a Michelle Money and Courtney Robertson just making offhanded remarks in their ITMs about Michelle Money's going to forearm somebody or whatever. When You know she was – I mean, she had a smile on her face when she was saying it. She was joking and – People like that are just harmless. Like they were, I mean. But when the season aired, it was like, oh my god, did you see what Michelle Mully, You know, did you hear what Michelle Money said last night? Or, oh my gosh, Courtney is the biggest bitch in the house and whatever. But they weren't even close to what Corinne was doing. Not even close,
0: in my eyes. I mean, but I- uh, here's the other thing I would say: every single woman on that show should be thanking Corinne, with the exception of Taylor, because Corinne took the spotlight off of all the rest of them in terms of crazy you know what I'm saying like
1: they should take a, they should think in terms of taking the crazy off but I'm I'm sure yeah. I, I saw that Alexis tweeted out like I'm done with the Corinne and Taylor show I think a lot of them are probably a little bit pissed off that Corinne is getting so much time and none of their dates are yes, getting shown I think like
0: they're pissed off that yes I think they are pissed off that they're not getting enough camera time yeah but again is that why you're there is that why you're there? Like, if you were really there for love, you wouldn't care about the camera time. So let's all own it. Corinne at least isn't being. Corinne isn't hiding behind the the uh, the fact that she's an opportunist.
1: Well, without coming out and actually admitting it, like that. I mean, I, you don't I, you need know. to
0: be hit over. You don't have to be hit over the head when somebody flips their hair and says, "Make." america corinne again i think we're all on the same page yeah. she's look she's literally saying to you hey america make a meme with my picture yeah.
1: <laughs> or or a t-shirt yeah. this or a tank top similar to the wine bachelor yoga pants and all that yeah i mean that's right. i'm like surprised she has and, not
0: and, and, I, I, and i clint went around saying let's you know villains got a villain." there was a strategy there
1: I'm surprised. I even tweeted my live tweet on Monday night right after Corinne said that was I'm half expecting a tank top that says make America Corinne again for her to be promoting that on Instagram. And I'm shocked. It hasn't gone up yet. Uh, I fully expected to happen.
0: actually cause she did the corn one. She did the corn one last week.
1: Yeah. So
0: listen, I mean, we're still talking about her. So. Yeah,
1: here we are, Here we are 50 minutes into the podcast and, uh, we're still talking about Corinne for the last probably thirty minutes of it. So yeah, I mean it's it is what it is. I, you know, I know this show is entertainment. I never take it seriously. I think that's why um, it's just been my stance forever to just make fun of it and be silly because there's no reason to take this show seriously. I just felt like this past Monday a line was crossed that we hadn't seen, and you know, it definitely got into into bullying territory into a bullying territory that we hadn't seen yet. And it was just so funny for her to say, I felt bullied when Taylor said that. It's just like, really, Corinne? You did not. You know, it's just I don't know what to do at this point. I'm tired of her, but I know she's not going away for another few episodes, so it's like we're stuck with it. And
0: one of the one of the problems that I see is that there's no front runner. In the past we've had one girl who's sort of been such a front runner That there's jealousy and competition and kind of insecurity. Mm -hmm. Right now, it seems like with the exception of Corinne and Taylor's stuff, the girls all seem to genuinely like each other. At least that's what we're being shown. I know that you said there's another conflict in the house, but they haven't shown that at all.
1: Yeah. No, they haven't. And And there's there's a conflict coming up that doesn't involve Corinne, but based on the fact that they— cut it out of the wisconsin episode i don't think we're going to get it when they get to the bahamas either so i guess yeah. they're going to focus on corinne because in the bahamas is when corinne is the one that you know goes to we saw it in the season preview she says i'm going to go to nick's room and have sex with him right now so obviously I mean, they're going to focus really on that the
0: oldest isn't that the oldest trick in the book though yeah. like we've seen that so many times that you have to know at this point She did not come up with that on her own. Yeah, no, that's 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 the part that's kind of irritating.
1: Yeah, that's that's nothing new. I'm just saying that that scene of her getting ready and going to Nick's room and then them talking and her trying to seduce him because it happens in the Bahamas and in the Bahamas is where this other tiff happens between two of the women. I'm wondering if now that's going to get thrown on the back burner because they're going to focus on Corinne going to his room in the Bahamas. So that's what. I'm curious to see happens, and considering this tiff was never brought up in Wisconsin, and it did happen, it makes me think that we're not going to get that in in the Bahamas. Which, again, just sucks. I mean, it's great for me because I'm point, telling people that I'm telling people right. stuff that doesn't end up getting shown, and uh, it, it's great for me. And to my but point, would like those women
0: in that other right, but those women in that other tiff should be thankful yeah. to Corinne. For the distraction, because were it not for Corinne, those two women would look not squeaky clean either. Yeah. Would you agree with that? They're getting a better edit because of Corinne's behavior.
1: Yeah, they're. And
0: I think, and I think that's part of the master plan because they're protecting those other women.
1: Um. Yeah, I, I would say so. Certainly, um, considering one of them is, you know. The girl. So yeah. it's just it's just weird. Yeah. It's just it, 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 it kind of reminds me of Juan Pablo season because Nikki was one of the biggest bitches in the house and we saw none of it. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of seeing the same thing now. And I'm not saying that this girl this season was on the par of Nikki because no, I have not heard that at all. But, right, but she there was certainly was with
0: her. There was certainly conflict that made was brought her up out to be squeaky. They have made her out to be squeaky clean. Yeah. And,
1: and you know, look, this podcast has been going on 10 episodes now. Uh, it's it's labeled with spoilers on it every single time. So we're, we're talking about Vanessa here. So I'm not going right, to I'm not going to exactly. hold it back. And I so. know
0: this. I read your blog.
1: <laughs> what made you I wait, what know. made you give in this season? You always say that you don't give in until the end of the season. What happened?
0: Because when I knew I was gonna talk to you about it up till now, I wanted to be oh, okay. informed. I mean I wanted to be cool. able to have the conversation with you, and so I did. I read your spoilers and I was surprised because I still think Raven is gonna win it. And I've said this on Periscope. I am sort of hoping, don't be mad at me. <laughs> um I'm hoping that you got bad, yeah, and no. that we're all going to be surprised because I like a surprise.
1: Yeah, I, no, like a I surprise, mean, not
0: because I want you to look bad, because I like a surprise.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you and if I you love surprises, that
0: Raven, I think Raven would be a good match for him.
1: If you love surprises, then absolutely you could think that. Um, r- obviously, there's really no way <laughs> it I can won't
0: make it true. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. It won't make it true, but uh, obviously, there's no way I can. I can prove anything, um, but um, just know if you knew
0: what you knew, what I knew I that you you
1: knew. wouldn't you wouldn't be thinking that there's a possible surprise at the end. Yeah, that's the, it's the best way I can put it. And it you know whatever it sounds like patting myself on the back. I, I don't know what, any other way to explain it other than if people knew what I knew,
0: well, you have way, right?
1: You then have way more you wouldn't say than that. I'd... Yeah, but right. what, sometimes when I say that, though, it turns into, yeah, but you said that about Desiree's season, or yeah, you said that about Allie's season. It's like, really? We're going to go back four or five years every time I, you know, I have a spoiler? It's well, just this like,
0: time <laughs> it's different.
1: Yeah. I could say that, but then they're going to say, but you said last time it's different, and you got that wrong. So you, you kind of never win sometimes, but um, I know this season is right. I'm not even worried. I'm already focused on. Uh, bachelorette candidates that were in LA this past weekend for final casting weekend. So, yeah.
0: Oh, no, come on. Yeah. Come on. So, give, there, can we have some scoop or not yet?
1: Um, no, I don't give out names this early, but I, I definitely know a few of the guys. How about that were when there. we're
0: done? How about when we're done recording? When we're we'll done recording, <laughs> will
1: you tell me? Off- yeah, I, 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 we're like
0: besties. yeah,
1: we're BFFs. Oh, by the way, we still have to... You already did the Rapid 10 the first time. I did a Rapid 5 this time, just because we don't need to do okay. 10 more questions, and these are really also, simple.
0: Taken, that what? I've taken plenty of time from your podcast. <laughs> like, they're probably like, oh, every time possession
1: is on, she talks forever. No, I'd much rather have a longer talk and more of a conversation than someone who gives... Two and three sentence answers. Like we had Nick Peterson on, and we had Casey Begeski on. Now Casey Gaston. Um, we've had you on. Uh, I mean, it's it's the the guests have been great. I mean, I've not had any issues with any of the guests. Um, but so it's, it's been, been fun.
0: Wait, can I say one thing to your readers though? Sure. And I do not mean to be like a delicate little snowflake here. One of your readers left a comment that said, "Possession needs to watch needs to watch it." With her 40-year-old mom comments, that's who the Bachelor audience is. And I think that they thought I was like being like snarky about like 40-year-old moms. And I just wanted to say for the record that I actually am literally 40 years old and a mom. Yeah. So I just didn't want you to be offended. Like if you're a 23-year-old millennial, you should be offended by all the things that I say about you. But if you're a 40-year-old mom, I think it's like... You're cool. We're great. It's <laughs> coming from the same perspective as me. But like, your 23-year-old millennial readers should definitely be offended because I am judging them. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
1: There you go, 23-year-old millennials. Go hate on t- Possessionista. Have at it. Her Twitter account Have is at, at Possessionista, and you can you can at her and just rip her to shreds. Um, Have at it. Right, I've already
0: told you, call me a fat bitch. That's yeah, exactly, for, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, All right, rapid five. Question number one. Valentine's Day is coming up. Best thing your husband ever did for you on Valentine's Day and vice versa?
0: We're so not romantic. I guess I just... (laughs) We're just not. We are not a romantic couple. I'm sorry. We've been together for like 20 years. Um, How many many years have you been married? We've been married. This will be... um, oh god, and I have to do the math. Fourteen years this year. It will be my fourteenth anniversary. So oh. we've been together seventeen years.
1: Okay. So We
0: met in two thousand.
1: So go back to pre marriage when he was actually courting you and tried, tried to do th- had to do things to try and impress you. He must have done something on Valentine's Day back then before he already had you and the ring around your finger and he didn't have to do anything anymore. Did he do anything um, back then? I had you-
0: like, why did you marry him? I don't know. Like, we used to like go to dinner. Like we used to like go to dinner. I don't know. We were like poor, hungry. He was in law school. He probably took me out for, like a nice dinner. Okay. I think one year he bought me like this little ring I liked or something, but we're just not big like presents givers.
1: Like okay. if I want something,
0: I just go out and buy it. The nicest thing I probably ever did was, you know, not divorce him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love my husband. I'm totally kidding.
1: <laughs> Um,
0: all right, question two. I thought you were going to ask me about candy so we could fight about Swedish fish again. Oh gosh, I
1: and mean, I still would, yeah, no. um on the on the same line, and this is like question one A because it's still Valentine's Day okay. related since it's coming up. Any interest in the Fifty Shades new movie?
0: No, no, and I didn't see the first movie either. I oh, you read didn't? the book, you know, I read the book.
1: Uh-huh. What did you think I know, of them? I'm, I never read them.
0: I thought the books were super hot. I mean, they really? really were terribly... They were so badly written, but that stuff is like mommy porn.
1: Yeah, no, it certainly but is, but I don't get it. Thing. So that's how is it terribly written?
0: For Valentine's Day, would read that book.
1: That's what I heard. <laughs> I heard the books aren't well written, but they're hot. Like, I don't get... How is it... If it's terribly written, how is it still hot?
0: Because it's like such a basic story, but it's so... It's so descriptive, and I feel like men and women are really different. This is a huge generalization, but I think men are much more visual. Well, of, of course, And that's women, not, yeah. and like women, do more in their imagination. So reading those words and sort of envisioning it happening is so much hotter than okay. watching it happen.
1: Okay, I'll admit I haven't read the books, but I saw the first movie, and I didn't get it. Not that I and didn't get. The, not the that book. I didn't get the plot. I just. To me I guess maybe because that's not my sex life. I'm not into S and M stuff, so
0: Nor am I. So I I I. just so
1: that's where so I yeah, I mean this could be a whole other discussion. Forget it. Let's go on. Question number two. What is your simple (laughs) question? What's your proudest accomplishment? Well,
0: I'm supposed to say my children, right? No.
1: I but don't I, I would don't want you to say, say your children. Starting, starting, that's no, too I easy. I would
0: probably say starting possessionista that I created this business from nothing and am able to contribute to my family and do something that I really have fun you know, but i am able to contribute financially, which is really cool.
1: No, it is. I mean my proudest accomplishment would probably so, be this, what I've done. Yeah. So.
0: For sure, because it's something that we did on our own. Nobody did this for us.
1: Yeah. Um, question number three, is there one date in the 33 seasons of this show that has stuck out to you the most in terms of something you'd absolutely want to do one day? Obviously there's been a ton of dates, but anything yeah. that's, anything that stuck was out? the
0: one where they, yeah, I think during, it was during Juan Pablo season where they went in those inflatable balls and got to like roll down the hill. Zor-
1: Zorbing, I think it was called in New Zealand. Yeah. Zorbing?
0: That looks really fun. That seems really cool. Oh, and also when they swam with the pig. In the a, pinnacle, with yeah. uh
1: That was last year. That was ben. ben. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. Is there one that you absolutely hated?
0: Uh the plantation date with the haunted <laughs> house last week. That was terrible. Yeah, I mean and like any of the dates where they like beat the crap out of each other, like like all of Was it Ben's season? No, who was, maybe it was all Caitlin's season. Like they were all just like, let's beat the crap out of each other. I just wasn't into that.
1: Yeah, they had a boxing date, then they had a sumo wrestling date. Yeah, okay. And Uh, there was
0: one, oh, there's one other one that I would never want to go, and I forget whose season it was. Maybe Juan Pablo. My memory is not that long. Roller derby. Oh gosh! Remember, and the girls had to. That like, was
1: definitely wasn't Juan other. Pablo. That was uh, that was Sean's season. Was that yeah. even long? That oh, was Sean. Yeah. That was Sean's season.
0: I don't season. like dates that end in blood. blood. <laughs> As a rule, I don't want a date where I'm going to end up with a head injury. Yeah.
1: Okay. No, that's that's fair enough. Question number four: Favorite current scripted TV shows? What are you watching right now?
0: Um, I love This Is Us.
1: Yes. Excellent.
0: Um, I love girlfriend's guide to divorce.
1: Is that the Sarah of Jessica Parker on HBO one?
0: No, that's just divorce. It's oh, that's the, divorce. um, it's the Marty Knoxon show. It's on Bravo. It's their
1: Marty Noxon, the unreal their- creator. Exactly. Yeah, and Girl
0: okay. girlfriend's guide to divorce. And she created one other thing. Um, what other scripted shows am I watching? Hold on, I'm going to look right now on my DVR because I forget what else am I watching.
1: I'm are you are you a Shondaland Netflix. one? Are you do you watch all the the scandals and the How to Get Away with Murder and whatever? Do you, are you a Shonda person?
0: Um, I watched Scandal. I watched Scandal, but I haven't started yet. You know, I'm really into a lot of the Amazon and Hulu and okay um, Netflix shows. I loved the OA. Oh, and I love the Affair on HBO, on Showtime.
1: On Showtime, okay.
0: Yeah, and the OA is just like it was awesome. Did you watch it?
1: No, I don't watch any. Really? I don't I'm watch any really of the uh, the paid subscription service TV shows because I don't have any of them. I don't have Hulu. I don't have Netflix. I don't have Amazon Prime. None of them.
0: I'll give you my password when <laughs> we get off. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, Can you tell me
0: who the who's auditioning for the uh, <laughs> the. Uh, I
1: mean, you know, it's not. like I mean, I haven't heard any big names yet, or you know, pseudo celebrities or. It's the same group of d bags that they always cast, you know, personal trainers yeah. and you know bartenders and stuff like that. Oh, I've only I've only got a few. Names. They're
0: casting the boys.
1: Yeah, I yeah, you were yeah. Saying
0: they're casting the girl, so they cast the boys before they even know. Oh, yeah, so they no. could pick out a whole slew of girl guys for Rachel.
1: Yeah,
0: and then they all have to end up dating Raven. Well, and that's-, that's how we ended up with. Some of these girls who should have been for Luke, but they're there for
1: Nick. It's further proof that they're casting a television show because they cast the cast. They cast the contestants before they choose the lead. Now, during during final casting weekend, when they bring 50 guys and 50 girls to the Sheraton by LAX and sit them down in a room and do all that, all those tests and all that stuff. And they talk to producers. When they do that, they're asking them, who would you like to see? Because the season is always airing at the time that they're bringing these guys in. So they'll ask the guys who they're interested in, and they'll keep that in mind. They'll put that in the notes, like, okay, this guy wants Rachel, this guy wants Raven, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, But it doesn't necessarily mean, like, if you said Raven, if they cast Rachel, that you're done, because they bring 50 people out for final casting weekend, and it's done over a couple weekends. But I know that last weekend and the weekend before were two weekends where they used uh where where guys were in LA for final casting so you'll say
0: they've never watched the show before they're liars
1: right I mean, there are probably a few that have, are not familiar with it but if you aren't i've been told that you you're sent dvds and said hey at least I mean, how at could least get you caught up on it? a
0: show without how could you go on a show without I can tell watching you how. it?
1: I'll tell that's you how. crazy. Because a lot of contestants from this show are sent in from casting agencies that want their client out there, and it's almost like going on an acting call. It's just like, hey, I've got something for you, but have you ever seen it? Well, no, I've never watched that show. I've heard about it. I'm I'm aware of it, but I've never watched it. Okay. They can still go to the casting because they're looking for attractive people, and they're that's why we see people that are always, that have a Model Mayhem page or have modeling have done modeling in their past and stuff like that so they're basically just going for looks and then they'll worry about their backstory and all that stuff after the fact but that's how it gets done is a lot of casting agencies it's so
0: weird send in
1: their clients it's so
0: weird that it's so weird that there's so few successful relationships coming out of the bachelor yeah
1: isn't it amazing huh
0: that was sarc- that was sarcasm i know
1: no that's what i was and that's why i was saying isn't it okay you didn't get my sarcasm to your sarcasm apparently.
0: no i know you got it i was just making sure oh. I'm there
1: on okay gotcha um and final rapid five question this one is so easy and this is basically going to determine if i continue to like you or not
0: swedish fish
1: no it's not swedish fish uh final question <laughs> toilet paper roll under or over
0: I don't know. My husband changes the toilet paper rolls. I think it's under. Oh God! I mean over. I mean over. It's over. Uh,
1: You just said it was under. Okay. What you need? What you need to do after? You know what you need to do after this podcast? After we're after we're done taping this, you need to go into your bathroom. You need to take a picture, and then you need to tweet it out. Actually, to do that tomorrow, because nobody will know what we're talking about today until they hear the podcast tomorrow. And then I'll do it tomorrow. But, so then again, saying, but then I'm again, but then again, you might just change it. Side. If it's currently under, you might just change it because you know I want it to be over I, because that's the only way toilet paper should be on a roll.
0: I 100% am going to do that. If it's under, <laughs> I am going to turn it and I'm going to take it and it's going to be over. I'm just telling you guys because I like when people own it and I am owning it. If it is not the way Steve wants it, I'm going to go turn it <laughs> before I take the picture.
1: I don't know how anybody Are we, are can we put still their, friends? Uh, I can, are we still I don't, friends? I, if you, if, if you friends? take a picture of a toilet paper roll going under, no, we're not
0: well if i turn it over are we still friends
1: okay yeah no we're good we're good if you do that
0: i just don't understand the
1: under i I don't understand the under phenomenon that's not how it should be now granted here you know what's funny i'm not
0: committed to it i just throw it on however it goes it goes
1: well yeah that's what i'm saying but somebody who is living the correct lifestyle would know i'm not going to just put it on and whatever way it goes it goes i'm putting it on over because that's the way toilet paper should go maybe
0: i'm just Maybe I'm just cavalier. Maybe I'm just like a throw caution to the wind kind of
1: gal. For me, it's so funny because,
0: for the record, for the record it's over. It's, it's over.
1: over. Oh, it's totally look at that! Over. Look at that! We're still BFS. Totally over. Wow! <laughs> and it's funny I say that because I have this thing about it's got to be over. It's got to be over. But I'm a single guy in a house, and I've got two bathrooms in my in my house, and. <laughs> Both of my toilet paper rolls are just sitting right by the toilet. Under. Like, I, No, they're not even on the roll. I, they just sit there on top. Uh. They sit close to me, so I don't even have to use that roller. I just take the toilet paper off of wherever it's, you know, it's on the windowsill in one of my bathrooms, and it's on the counter, uh, the sink counter in the other bathroom. So I don't even have well, it on any of the rolls. Who are you to judge? Who are you to judge? You're like an animal. I know. It's just, but, no, put, but put it this way. If I ever have, like, a uh, – I don't know a female over in the house. Of course, it goes on the roll. I mean, I'm not. I'm not I don't live like that. When anyone can actually see me live like that, but uh, yeah, no, it's well. Uh, now
0: you ladies all know this. Yeah, secret. yeah. Just no.
1: any any lady that it's ever ends lonely, up here.
0: It's going to be a lonely 2017 reality. <laughs> yeah.
1: Any lady that ever ends up here, when you go and use the guest bathroom and you see it nicely on the roll, I'll even make the, I'll even make the uh, the triangle like they do at the hotels. And you'll just know that I did that probably five minutes before you arrived.
0: I thought that counts.
1: It is. So, Dana, thank you very much again for coming on. We'll probably do an end of the season uh, podcast. So you can say I
0: told you so. so. Yeah, well,
1: I mean, I can tell you that now, but of course I can't be proven. <laughs> but, yeah, no, they're, uh, We'll we'll have you on at the end of the season because I know people – uh, like having you on and I'm sure there'll be something at the end of the season that we'll completely disagree on again so that'll be the best part about having you on
0: and then you can tell everybody I bullied you
1: yes totally. I'll tell
0: everyone you called me stupid yeah
1: no no tell them I called you a dumb bitch or something like that because that's the way the show goes but yeah! Thank you for coming on again. We'll we will uh, we will definitely do one at the uh, at the end of the season, and by then I might even have some of the guys for the next bachelorette season. So because we're I'm assuming we're going to get our bachelorette announcement on the the night of Nick's finale and the after the final rose. So oh, right, yeah. so that's right. when we usually get it, and because they first start filming well, that week.
0: they filmed Have they filmed women tell all yet?
1: No, that films end of February. Second to – I'd have to look at the calendar, but – All right. Yeah, but no, that doesn't – we'll we'll film to the end of February. Because Nick's Nick's finale is uh, March – I'm just looking at my calendar here right now. Nick's finale is March 13th, Monday the 13th. So that means that the Women Tell All finale taping will technically be the February 24th weekend. Yeah, the weekend of February 24th looks to be when the Women Tell All will be. So that wraps it up. Podcast number 10. Thank you very much, Dana. I really appreciate you coming on and we'll have you on again. Sounds good. All right, bye. Bye. I really do enjoy talking to Dana. I hope you do too. It's a lot of fun. She's very insightful. She puts a lot of thought into what she says. I don't think she just spouts off at the mouth. And it's always a good talk with her. A lot of Corinne talk, obviously, because Corinne is the just the focal point of the season. And I think we can all see that now to me, it's getting old. I don't find her the least bit funny and I just take issue with it. Um, Am I still going to keep watching? Of course. I'm still going to be making fun of the show. Absolutely. It's just old for me. And I I just don't think we've seen it at this level uh, in any seasons past, but uh, that'll wrap up episode number 10. Thank you all for tuning in again. If you could fill out that survey, I'd really appreciate it. It's www.surveymonkey.com backslash r, backslash survey. If you can't remember that, just go to today's column, which is February 2nd, and there will be a link right under the player for today's podcast. Click on that link, fill out the survey. It's not going to take you more than a minute or two. And if you are listening in iTunes, If you could subscribe and rate and review the show, that would be great as well. So thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate it. We'll be back same time, same place next Thursday with podcast number 11. Talk to you then. See you.